You're listening to The Lit Lounge, a podcast for readers and book lovers. Join us, a group of friends, English teachers and bookworms, as we chat about our love of all things literary and share our reading habits. Hello and welcome back to The Lit Lounge. We're back! Yay! It's the first of our brand new series, series two. Series two. Yeah, we made it back. Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of uh, lots of bookish events, lots of bookish talk, and lots of bookish fun happening over the coming year. And um, of course, any opportunity to get you guys involved if you want to be part of an episode, whether you are a teacher, a student, or just someone who loves books, then there's loads of different ways to get involved, and uh, we'll mention those as we go through the episode. Uh, So today, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of our uh, most cherished, most loved authors, Roald Dahl. Good old Roldy. (laughs) A firm favourite here at the Lit Lounge in Wales and beyond. Um, Roald Dahl is a staple of children's literature and has many timeless tales that generation after generation read and love. So today we thought... Um, in honour of Roald Dahl Day, which was when? Monday the 12th of September. Monday the 12th, there you go. So in, in honour of Roald Dahl Day, uh, we thought we'd do a bit of a, a Roald Dahl debate. We thought we'd change it up this year, try out some new things, experiment with some new styles, and we've just decided that we're going to argue with each other to let <laughs> our new term frustrations out. It could go horribly, horribly <laughs> wrong, couldn't it? By the end of this episode, we'll all hate each other and there'll be never another episode. Yeah, if you notice some stony silences around the English <laughs> department tomorrow, then you'll know that something was said that will never be forgiven. <laughs> it was edited out. <laughs> uh, so um, we're going to be discussing uh, which book we think are the very best um the very creme de la creme of what Roald Dahl can offer us um and fighting to the literary death uh over our choices um but I suppose before we start we should give some honorable mentions so Roald Dahl's written some incredible books uh and uh fantastic poetry as well um so what we got we've got the BFG um we've got the twits we've got yeah, we well, love the uh, SEO Trot, which is a fantastic book yeah. about a uh, man living in a flat with a tortoise. Mm. Yeah, so I've always sweet. wanted a tortoise. Well, yeah. I did have tortoise for a bit, but I always wanted one because of Because SEO of that, Trot. yeah. I think, yeah. Um, uh, one of the boys in my form has a tortoise, he oh, told cool. me the other day. Yeah. So. Is it called SEO Do you know what? I didn't ask what it was called. I'm going to find out. Is, I don't even know if it is called SEO Trot in the book. I, just... I can't remember. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is yeah. too. It's a good book. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Well, I mean, there's loads. Fantastic Mr. Fox, Danny Champion of the World. Magic Finger. Yeah, Magic Finger is such a good one. Um, oh, I'm annoyed now. Yeah, that's a really good that's one. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, you know, loads, loads more. Um, it's revolting so, rhymes as well. Yes, we love revolting rhymes. And uh, and his poetry is fantastic, isn't it? It really it makes poetry cool, makes poetry a little bit icky and edgy all at once. Yeah. Um, but... We've obviously missed out some big names, and that's what we're here to discuss. So the question posed today is, which is the greatest Roald Dahl book of all time, in our opinion? And my pick is George's Marvelous Medicine. <laughs> what's, what's yours, Rose? Uh, my uh, excellent pick is um, Matilda. Okay, and Laura? Well, I think it's obvious that mine is... Uh... 
the best one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we need a gong. Like, yeah. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We might need to get some like uh, uh, boxing sound effects. I think that would really fit. Yeah. <laughs> In the red corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, who's going to give their mediocre opening argument so Aww. I can smack you down? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first, Law? Uh, what's there to say? It's perfect. Um, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. So I picked um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for a whole host of reasons. Do you want me to just list my reasons or shall I just pick one and... Go on, we'll give us your best that, one. Yeah. Give us your best one. Because we'll see how passionately we feel and whether we can rebuke that. <laughs> and if we can, we will. Um... <laughs> So my my first reason's got to be the like heartwarming story of Charlie, um, because Charlie starts out as this destitute child who lives with his um, grandparents, two sets of grandparents I think, mm-hmm. and his mum and his dad, and they they are so poor that they all in the film they all share a bed, but I think in the book they sleep on a mattress on the floor, mm. so they are really really poor. And and Charlie's just such a, like, wholesome character. Like, all he wants is, like, for his family to be happy and for them to just, you know, survive. Like, he sees his grandpa being, um, like, he can hardly walk and he sees, like, how much they struggle and he, he just wants, like, to help them. Yeah, he's a bit, a bit pathetic, though, isn't he? No! How <laughs> dare you, Charlie? He needs a bit of edge about him. Some, like, yeah. uh, guy liner and, and, like, you know, a leather jacket or something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's overly virtuous as well. Like, he's such a good boy oh, and he only does nice things. That's Whereas, what we want. See, I feel like... So, George lives with his grandmother... Uh, and his parents and his parents don't really seem to spend I mean certainly in the book they spend a huge amount of time with him but his grandmother is so mean so he gets his own back yeah for himself. and the same for gonna... Matilda Matilda is a standard standard upper for um for the bullies like she has a has a vengeance uh, on tyrants and abusive neglectful parents so they, they're like vigilantes essentially yeah, whereas poor old charlie bouquet poor charlie spends his <laughs> life being a good moral person <laughs> and it pays off for him in the end so what's the moral of that story <laughs> well i think george is sat there thinking that he's had a pretty good time of it because his grandmother he makes her disappear by the end so you know <laughs> grandmother zero george one as yes. far as i'm concerned but charlie owns a whole chocolate factory by the end so yeah well I mean doesn't make me like factory. him more yeah exactly. I would like anyone who went to chocolate factory <laughs> I'd be there that's yeah. the way to become a, <laughs> yeah. a, a favourite student of yeah. Miss Morgan yeah own a, own a chocolate, own a chocolate factory, factory. Yeah. yeah which would take me on to my second point mm-hmm. of the amazing things in the chocolate factory we've got the fizzing uh, pop that makes you float to the ceiling We've got the everlasting gobstopper. We've got snozberries that taste like snozberries. That's a quote I just. Uh, <laughs> are snozberries in BFG as well? Do I they mention they that? Snozcumbers, aren't they? Oh, snozcumbers. Maybe they're from the same much. family of plants. Yeah, maybe yeah. if you don't pick a snozberry, it grows into a snozcumber. Yeah. Risky yeah. business, that. There's <laughs> <laughs> textuality there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but it's a chocolate factory. 
There's not actually that much chocolate. There's the chocolate river mm-hmm. that Augusta Scoop gets stuck in, right? Yeah. But in the pipe, yeah. But aside from that, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of squirrels, gum, sweets. Where's the? I think there's a bit of false advertising here. I think he's been given this chocolate factory, and actually, <laughs> it's an all things factory, <laughs> jack of all trades factory. I think that's the fun of it because you go in thinking, oh, it's just a chocolate factory, which by itself is pretty amazing. But then, as he goes around, you start seeing all these wonderful, different little um, tangents and different rooms. So it gets even more exciting as you go on. I have to say, I would like to visit. Like if somebody said to me, like, oh, do you want? Do you want to do you want to go and and see like the real life chocolate factory? Yeah. I would I would pay a fair amount of money on a so, Saturday yeah. to go and yeah I think to so. see a river of chocolate definitely yeah that would be amazing. And what's the um, did you already say the one about the the sweet where you can have three different meals or you can have the whole oh, meal yeah. yeah like the roast dinner and then Isn't the that dessert. The no, there's a, there is this like gum or something. Yeah, yeah, where you can taste the meals. Mm. I feel like it should come with a health warning, though, because <laughs> if you think about the book, I'd love to go, but only one of the five children leave. <laughs> yeah, yes. he's never and come back. Well, it's another amazing point about it, isn't it? You've got these really detestable characters all the way throughout the book, and you just want to see them get their comeuppance, and one by one, they do. Yeah, but what about ways. what about the Impalumpas and the way that um, uh, Willy Wonka is essentially like a slave labourer, like a slave driver? Mm. He's like colonised Umpalumpa land, yeah. kidnapped <laughs> this race of people, Laura. Oh my god, dark. Yeah. Oh my god dark. <laughs> it is dark, but you've got to have some bad with the good. As but well. he's not phrased as a as a villain. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be the. And then at the end, he's like, "Here's this poison chalice. Here's this model. factory that only runs with these people." that I have taken. Yeah, Charlie essentially inherits a colonial (laughs) empire. And he has to choose to let them leave and be free. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does say that they're much happier with him, but then at what cost? Mm. So does he let them go? And then what does he do? Does he open the factory up? Like what? Because they're the secrets? We never... Okay, so we never know... That they don't enjoy, that they don't enjoy it. We never know. Oh, this is the house elf uh, argument. They love what they do. They love it. Leave them alone. Leave them to their slave trade. They sing nice songs about the horrible children, and they get to get rid of the horrible children that they don't like. I think their own comeuppance. I think first on Charlie's to do list should be uh, clear negotiated employment contracts yes. and then once that's done and once they've unionised then it's okay <laughs> well but this is the other point that I was going to bring is that it's one of the I think it might be the only I'm not sure uh, Roald Dahl book that has a sequel oh that's true apart from his autobiography I suppose yeah, yeah boy but does doesn't really but I did read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator and I loved it but I can't remember if he does Give the Umpalumpas equal pay. I don't think I've read the second one. <laughs> the second one is very good. Yeah, because they, they go up in the elevator that goes out through the scene. Keeps going. Yeah, creeps. That's, like, that's creeps all I can terrifying. remember about it. To be honest, yeah, it's really cool. Mm. But I can't remember that there's a chapter in there called Equal Pay and Conditions. I'm sure there is. So. I'm sure it's in the glossary <laughs> at the back. It's a chapter <laughs> called Read the Small Print. Read the Small Print. All of them are there of their own free will. <laughs> <laughs> Signed by the Has it been made into a musical, though? Yes. 
Where? I saw it when I did some Googling earlier. Has it been made into an award-winning musical, though? Tim Minchin. I don't know. I haven't looked to see about the awards it's won yet. But I know it's made into a musical. (laughs) (laughs) The Matilda musical is fantastic. I will agree yeah it's so good isn't it i think tim minchin really does like absolutely excel himself he's such a i think he's such a brilliant songwriter Mm. so clever like weaving like sinister dark which obviously all roald dahl books have but weaving that so cleverly into a musical which you would you should be feeling quite uplifted by Mm -hmm. and leave kind of humming the songs um yeah the musical was amazing i loved it and if tim burton if tim burton was to write a musical then he should be getting tim Minchin involved yeah for sure is that is that kind of aesthetic isn't there a film now being made of the musical? Is there? Yeah, I think so. And Emma Thompson is Miss Trumpet. Oh, she'll be so good, won't yeah. she? Yeah. It's like a step up from Nanny McPhee, that one. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think as well that um, Matilda is the best book by Roald Dahl because Mrs. Trunchbull is an amazing character. Like, yeah. she's an iconic she villain. So uh, kind of ridiculous... Um, and fierce and uh, terrifying. Um, even, the, like, the fact that she, like, flings a child over a fence <laughs> and has... She hates pigtails um, and is, you know, a, a fairly uh, manipulative and a, abusive character to Miss Honey mm. um, and really does get her own kind of, uh, you know... <laughs> yeah, she gets she gets beaten down by this little girl who um, is, I think, just a really good kind of character to, for people to model themselves on. She's like the whole no M- Matilda. <laughs> she gets beaten down by the the character that sh- you should model yourself on because Matilda's like one of those. Um, you know, you could, you could, she's quite unassuming, like, you could easily, like, underestimate her as a character, um, and she, um, <laughs> oh, we've got to, we're going to have a little, a guest we cameo, have a cameo oh, come on from in. Miss, Miss Wash, Alex, do you want to say hi to the, to the podcast listeners? Say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> we are talking about, uh, Roald Dahl's best book, we're having a debate here. Yeah. Okay, what have we had so far? We've had the best one so far. We started at the top, which is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving a case for Matilda. Okay, I agree, actually. Yeah. I think we all become Aww. teachers because we want to be Miss Honey and don't want to be Miss Trunchbull. Yes. Miss Honey yeah. is very much like Charlie, that virtuous character. But she's not the main yeah. protagonist. She lets a lot get away. Like, you know, Miss Trunchbull gets away with a lot while Miss Honey's working. This is true. Which is why she makes such a good villain. I don't think she is. she's yeah. winning she's to begin with. She's an emotionally in, intuitive teacher. She is a, a Who lets children well. be yeah. abused in her care as a... <laughs> okay, yeah, that too. Yeah. But yeah, she's a victim it. as well. That's the, the kind of... So which funny. is why Matilda teaches so her the lesson funny. that you have to stand up to bullies. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if there aren't any adults to stand up? For you, you have to do it yourself. And that's yeah. what George does. That's Takes true. matters into his own hands. He doesn't have a team of adults helping him out. Doesn't have a Miss Honey. He's got himself and a very well-stocked house. 
and a large saucepan. Yeah, I'm just thinking it is quite a lot like um, uh, what's the Macaulay Culkin film? Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. It's yeah. not that far off. Yeah, like really resourceful kid who is in a horrible situation and needs to, you know, the sticks are high. His, his grandmother's making open threats and he needs to do something about it. And what I love about George's Marvelous Medicine is that actually it could never be turned into a musical or a film properly because the whole point of it is that is that he's just in a house and he's putting stuff in his hospital but it's in his head it's becoming this magical incredible potion and then something actually does happen and he's like on the fringes of this magical world where all of a sudden everyday things are magical if you think that they can be and that's just so cool. It would be a so pretty cool. boring film, though, wouldn't it? It would just yeah. be him stirring a I, pot for 45 No, minutes. it wouldn't. Um, can I just say as well that part <laughs> of the magic of these uh, Royal Dahl books is the, of the films as well. Like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original film, although it is really creepy, and there's, like, bits with centipedes walking over people's faces, it's, like, lives <laughs> in my memories, as does Matilda <laughs> with Danny DeVito. It's... A fantastic film. Yeah, and you can't say that, Beth, about... Uh, There's no George. Well, George. what I will say is that um, whenever, and this is this is genuinely true, um, I've not read George's Marvelous Medicine for a long time, but it's clearly really stuck with me because whenever I'm cooking without a recipe, that is what is going on in my head. <laughs> I'm, like, popping all the different spice bottles and pouring it into whatever I'm doing. In my head, I'm like, I could make someone really big, really small disappear poison a talking pig like whatever else I'm worried about your husband now (laughs) (laughs) you're like nah this is true so so this book is controversial there are people who have written in on the internet as people do now because of the internet and have said do not let your children read this book or they'll be encouraged to poison you that's not true it's about encouraging you to have an imagination and maybe if you're a really evil grandmother who threatens to get rid of your grandchild (laughs) just to look twice at what they give you to drink that's all (laughs) <laughs> How can it be the best, though, if people are genuinely scared that their children might use it as a handbook on how to murder them? Well, that's great literature. Look at, what, <laughs> ni- uh, not 1984, um, War of the Worlds. Look at War of the Worlds and the people thought it was real. And look at, <laughs> like, that's so cool that you can write something and people think, oh, that could actually affect the real world. That's great literature. That is. Are you expecting uh, George's Marvelous Medicine to be banned soon? Yes. From our school library. Yeah, they'll be gone. They'll just be a little, like... Disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The health reasons are... Look, and there's uh, even the book... So I've got the book cover in front of me, and there's a chicken with a massive neck. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's wonderful. Because of all the bits of chicken you would eat, you wouldn't really eat the neck. Which is why it's... Because, again, it's like the chicken protecting itself. And I love it. And it's... Great. Can I, you've just reminded me, can I just, I think we need to give a big shout out in the middle of this to Quentin Blake. Oh, yes. Oh, so good. All of them to life. <laughs> and that's, say bye, Ali. <laughs> that is one thing that I think we can all agree on in all the books that yeah, the illustrations are. Yeah, they're so um, recognisable as well, mm, aren't they? Like, yeah, really, yeah. yeah, they are really iconic in their own right, aren't they? And um, they, I think, it's like they've taken on a life of their own because now he illustrates the David Williams books, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and oh, yeah. it's it's almost like when you when you see that you know they're going to be great books for children mm-hmm. because it's it's almost like he's endorsed that story by drawing the illustrations yeah. rather than the other way around, kind of supporting the story. I don't know. I now even look at him as 
this artist in his own right who really endorses it. And he didn't he do he did a book with Michael Rosen as well about yeah. really poignant story about is it it's losing someone it's about loss and grief. That's right. Yeah. Is it the, the, the sad book or something? His son, I think. Oh, his son. Yeah. I think it's losing when he lost his son. And yeah. So it's just amazing how an ink pen and some watercolor can produce mm. so much emotion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of really textured characters. Yeah. Really, really lovely. I feel like the Roald Dahl books, even though they're amazing in their own right, it just brings that extra connection to children, doesn't it? The mm. fact that they can see these images and they're so so wonderfully drawn yeah. that you remember, like you can remember the book cover, you remember, like I still think in the BFG when they go um, catching dreams, yeah. you yeah. picture that image from Quentin Blake's drawings as well as the descriptions. Yeah, yeah. do either of your characters glamorize intellectualism though uh yeah charlie yeah no he's the smart one who doesn't do the stupid he's not that smart he is smart he's not that smart i bet i bet you the the company goes under within at least five years (laughs) under charlie's (laughs) (laughs) they're on strike Not the tour. <laughs> no, well, both of yours might be quite like yours is uh, you know, Charlie's emotionally intelligent and Matilda's book smart, but there's there's not a level of kind of ingenuity and improvisation that I feel Chuck is there. In the pan. Yeah, whereas I'm sorry, my life is at stake here. I'm gonna make something that's gonna make a difference. Let's get some paint. Let's get some. Yours is like a psychotic character. <laughs> yeah. Yours has got like psychotic intelligence. Yeah, George yeah. would definitely be in prison like yeah. ten years yeah. on. From the yeah. book, yeah. I just like the fact he's very <laughs> casual about it. In the book, there's no real massive sense of urgency. He's just got this massive pot, and he's just pond, you know, sort of, you know, pooching around the house and grabbing things and sniffing poo yeah. or whatever. Thing. Yeah, that'll do. And putting it in, just casually. That's the sociopath in him. Yeah, that is. <laughs> oh, With no emotion as he, he stirs the pot. Um, <laughs> I see instantly. I I think that. I think that he is someone who just he needs those sorts of high-stress situations to think on his feet and to do something awesome. And what I really like as well is that the, that the magic clearly has its own, like, um, what's the word? Like, it, it, almost like its own state of being. So when his parents come back and his dad realises he can make loads of money by making the animals big, the magic's like, no, can't do that. Because that is that's adults profiting from children's intelligence and ingenuity. You can't do that, and then it doesn't work. But he can make his grandmother disappear. That's lovely. But does anyone in your books turn into a blueberry? <laughs> no. No. Don't. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And also, <laughs> mine is the only character. <laughs> Mat- Matilda is the only character with extra- extraordinary powers. So she 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 is like literally a one in a million. Well, potions master over here as Charlie. well. Charlie's part of a team. <laughs> oh, team that old. Team. <laughs> what I will say about Matilda, which it does it sounds like I'm I'm flipping here, and I'm not because I love George, but Matilda is the only character who is explicitly mentioned as owning a library card, which is mm, very important to me. She loves the library. Yeah. yeah, that's very important to me. So one up. 
for Matilda yeah. for that. Yeah, well, she's yeah. a book lover, isn't she? She's she, and the, I think the book really like sells that as well because mm. there's so many children who feel like kind of outside of their own life or feel alone or feel like they're you know they're not really understood by anyone around them, and Matilda finds that solace in books. And I think that, that when you're a book reader reading the book Matilda, suddenly you feel like you've got somebody who you can relate to and who you know sounds like maybe you yeah oh. <laughs> you Laura's like you do I'm in a tiny violin out <laughs> she would definitely would definitely be an English teacher yes yeah for sure yeah yeah science teacher and what would yours be business studies uh, um, tech oh okay, okay. Yeah. food yeah. tech food tech yeah, yeah. <laughs> um actually he'd just be like the Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> the Vegas Strip, where you Hell's Kitchen restaurant, <laughs> you know. I did think, actually, inadvertently here, and this might just be because it's always at the back of my mind, but we've kind of chosen the Harry, Ron and Hermione situation. <laughs> oh, my God. Which Matilda's like Hermione, right? Yeah. And I'd say Ron is a bit like um, Charlie in that mm. he's from a poor good. family yeah. and good good boy yeah. with good values and things morals and then yeah. there's Harry who's a bit of a maverick and does things without thinking about it but they it's always true. kind of pay off yeah very true yeah and I was because when you were saying earlier about his grandmother being horrible I did instantly think of Harry Potter like at Privet Drive with yeah. his having to escape and uncle yeah see mm. J.K. Rowling's not original <laughs> she's stolen from world. <laughs> um, no, but also I've got another point that um, if you're a fan of Harry Styles, are either of you a fan of Harry Styles? Yeah, you said that's repeatedly. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he wears nice. You're both like Meh. Okay. <laughs> so Harry Styles has written a song that is was inspired by the book Matilda. What's it called? Um, I want to say Matilda, oh, but I might be wrong. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but it's all about like um, not not being ashamed to be uh, who you are and uh, growing up to become the person that you're meant to be. I feel like that's a quite running theme, isn't it, in Roald Dahl? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something he does really well. Yeah, yeah, finding yourself that rite of passage. And also the running theme of, of kind of adults being... Evil. <laughs> yeah, pretty like yeah. awful, yeah. awful human beings mm-hmm. and, and children having that naive goodness yeah. about them. And yeah. that kind of extreme, the the extremity of that, because when you are six, adults are like that, aren't they? They are a Miss Trunchbull or a Miss Honey. They're an us yeah. and a them, aren't they? Yeah. Like, isn't it? It's like an against. Yeah, he yeah, does that right. really, really well. Um, can I just say there's one book that I thought of that we have not mentioned, that we didn't give an honourable mention to, and this might throw everything up in the air, is The Witches. <gasps> oh, The Witches is really the good, witches. actually. So that so is a good book. Although the new film just got absolutely slated, didn't it, for a yeah, lot of yeah. like oh, yeah, issues, problematic kind of issues. The original film is the best. That, yeah, yeah the original's really good. Yeah, but yeah. an amazing book as well. Oh, it's fantastic. Still not as good as Matilda, though, I don't think. Oh, I love And also, it. it's our school production uh, this year. That's true. Mr. Wi- Mr. Mr. Withers is agreeing with me <laughs> from be- beyond the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also I've got another fact. Random one last oh, one to throw in. Matilda, this Matilda argument. <laughs> Do you know what the name Matilda actually means? Uh, my Tilda. I don't know. 
<laughs> no, nothing quite so. Oh, you can tell it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it means it stands for like might and strength. So Ooh. even though she's a tiny, a tiny little thing with that seems very vulnerable, um, she has core inner might and strength, as her name suggests. Like a good core strength. Like she can do little yeah, abs. She's got abs yeah. of steel, Matilda. <laughs> well, do you know what Charlie needs? What does it mean? <laughs> well, it's short for Charles, and Charles is now the king. So. Oh, king Charles. George is a prince of some sort. Yeah, isn't he? He's a little so yours are both very corrupt cute. monarchs of some sort. <laughs> I see. Uh, I thought we were maybe sociopathic, not corrupt. I think sociopathic, thanks. <laughs> or just not that great at cooking. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> maybe see if George wanted to take some time out in the chocolate factory, then oh, there we go. Bosses against Matilda. <laughs> oh, Matilda could draft the contracts for the Umbalumbus. Oh yeah, she would be true. good at that. She'd be very good. <laughs> She'd love it. Charlie, being such a moral person, would accept it readily. <laughs> Yeah. Charlie just wouldn't stand up to anything, let's be honest. He didn't need stand up to anything. No backbone, that boy. He was so detestable that he got through, he flew through it, didn't he? Ruthie got He's a wonderful oh. person. I do like the character Augustus Gloop. I yeah, like Ruby Sardis. Oh. Would you believe it? I love Ruby Sardis. She's your spirit animal. She totally is. <laughs> Augustus Gloop is mine, so. <laughs> I think the the um the podcast uh, nation will have to let us know who they yes. think is yeah. the winner. Cast yeah. your vote. Which or if one is another one that they yeah track in there? Oh, that's true. Throwing in uh, a curveball into the mix. Mm, yeah. Spanner in the works. Yeah. How many analogies can we come up with? Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, uh, it's been um, a lively debate, and yeah, we'd love to hear your opinions about uh, which old doll book you think is best, Charlie. Um, all right. <laughs> oh. uh, so, um, yeah, get uh, please get in touch using any of the uh, social media links linked in our description, um, or if you're on Spotify, you can of course answer the polls that are on there. Um, we will be back very soon with another episode talking about. Uh, lots of lovely bookish things. And if you wanted to talk about anything in particular, talk about a particular author, genre, um, book series, or indeed anything to do with reading and reading for pleasure, um, then just let us know and, uh, and we can get on that. Um, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 You've been listening to The Lit Lounge, the podcast for readers and book lovers. Thanks for joining us. Remember to join in the conversation by following us on social media using the handles linked in our description. You can also leave a voice note to be featured in future episodes through the voice response feature on Anchor. We'll catch you next time. But for now, keep reading. The music used in this episode and for all of our episodes is created by Ixon. You can download this and other fantastic tracks on SoundCloud. Links are in the description. Yeah.